Hello, everybody. Paul Holden, host of Groovy Soup here, checking in real quick. Since DJ A-Rock has a tons of great mixes here that you can hear every Saturday night on Power 105, that's 105.5, on FM dials in Southeast Ohio, or streaming online at radio.net slash s slash WXTQ every Saturday night. We weren't quite sure if those could go on the streaming side of things, but that is okay. You can stay up to date with all things DJ A-Rock, all of his mixes, all that cool stuff on his social media pages. Just DJ A-Rock Ohio, and be sure to follow along with all the great stuff DJ A-Rock does on his Twitch page as well. So stay up to date with all things DJ A-Rock, and uh, apologies that we couldn't get that mix here on the streaming side of things, but that is okay. We'll be putting it up on our website as well, so you can have access to this portion of the mix on our webpage here in a little bit as well. But just wanted to jump in and explain why this episode will sound a little bit different, but that's okay. Still a great, great conversation and tons to learn from DJ A-Rock. So back to the episode in progress right now. Welcome to Groovy Soup. Groovy a showcase of music from artists and bands from across Ohio, and your chance to hear something new and local. Here's your host, Paul Holden. Welcome to another episode of Groovy Soup, a show all about the artists and bands of Ohio. I'm Paul Holden, your host and chef of this mashup of melodies. Tonight, we feature another local legend, and we learn about overcoming the nerves of getting on stage and the influence of music. Leading things off tonight with something a little different, first artist tonight is the one and only DJ A-Rock. A-Rock made his impact on Athens on the first day he stepped foot on campus here at Ohio University and has become a staple of the Athens DJ scene ever since. Let's learn more about DJ A-Rock right now. And today, friend of the station, friend of the area, a local legend, as I like to say. We got DJ A-Rock on the line today. Thanks so much for your time. woo Thanks for having me. I feel special. <laughs> well, you know, you do, a lot of, you do a lot of great work around here. So, you know, it's uh, we, we got to make sure I had to get, reach out and uh, talk a little bit about uh, A-Rock and what you do. So let's uh, I start every show off by having our artists introduce themselves and telling us about what they do. So the floor is yours. My name is Aaron, also known as DJ A-Rock. I've uh, been DJing for over 20 years, been in Athens for... Almost 20 years DJing the local bar scene uh, from 1997 till now. So uh, many of years uptown Athens, and over the last five years, I have been a contract DJ for Carnival Cruise Line. That is very interesting, and I want to get there in a little bit. But let's let's start at the, be- the beginning. How did you first get started DJing, and then... How did you first get started DJing here in Athens? What's the uh, the backstory of, of how you got involved with uh, DJing? The backstory of me getting started in Athens was my freshman year, and I had a friend of a friend whose sister was already down here as a uh, OU student in a sorority. And when I came as a freshman year, uh, I got introduced to them, um, and they said, hey, can you DJ our party opening weekend? And as a freshman in college, the very first week of college, not knowing anything about Athens, I was thrown into one of the largest parties on campus the first weekend. <laughs> I didn't know where the building was. Right. I just knew I had to get there at a certain time. So uh, they actually met me at my dorm, and, went and I followed them over there in my vehicle to where I had to DJ at because I didn't know where I was going. That's uh, and then from there it just just took off. Yeah, and I mean especially first weekend on campus, not only you know figuring first out the college weekend. thing, but that's quite especially <laughs> here in Athens with the with the legacy there. That's uh, quite the situation to uh, to get thrown into. But after you kind of got thrown into to the fire there, did it ignite that passion and be like, I love this, I want to keep doing this and, and take it to the next well, level? Well, I was already doing it in high school. I was doing our, our high school dances. Um, our winter formals, our homecomings. I avoid DJing our own prom. I did not want to DJ our own prom. Um, I refused to, even though my friends want me to do the prom. I said, no, I'm going to enjoy this one night and not have to work. So I was already doing some things in high school, not on a major level, but just, you know, a little bit of here, a little bit of there, A, just because I was still in high school doing it. But when I came to OU, my, my degree is in telecommunications audio production. So I did uh, broadcasting on the radio, and I did behind the scenes of TV and a lot of technical stuff in college. So 
That's awesome. So my degree is in radio, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, uh, if you listen to Power 105 on Saturday nights, you got uh, DJ A-Rock brings you all sorts. Plays some great. We were actually here working late last night uh, at the station here, and we were listening to it. And, man, you, great great mix this weekend, at least, and great mix all the time. So you, you can't miss A-Rock on, uh, on Power 105 there Saturday nights uh, on top of everything else. So you went through college, and then you've you've uh, made Athens your home uh, here for for it seems like after after school. What what about Athens kept you here, and uh, leading to obviously Class A sounds and all that great stuff too? I tell you the truth. Um, when I graduated, we were uh, the country was in limbo with jobs back in two thousand one, so it wasn't much opportunity out there for a job. And I said, well. I'm going to do what most people that graduate OU do. I'm just going to hang around for a little bit to something come along. Um, so, so hanging around from 2001 to now, I guess I'm still hanging around to something come along 19 years later, basically. Um, yeah, I just, I was DJing and I was DJing at the uh, Swindlefish at the time, which is now the overhang upstairs, uh, which is apartment. So I was DJing there. Um, and then uh, Evolution opened up, and I was working there, and then turned to 19 South. I basically almost worked at every single bar in Athens. Maybe a few I have not worked in, but almost every single bar, no matter what the name is now, I've probably worked in it when it was another name, so making it work. More from DJ A-Rock next here on Groovy Soup. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. 105. Welcome back into Groovy Soup, doing things a little different this segment, so it's time to dive back into the mix with DJ A-Rock. Yeah, and so tell me about growing as a DJ or just your how your approach as a DJ has changed since 2001 versus now. Obviously, so many different styles of music, especially when it comes to like electronic music and access to thing, you know, resources and things that weren't so, you know, you can do so much from, from home or so much from your computer yeah. and things like that. Tell me about how much being a DJ has changed from 2001 to now. Well, um, it's more affordable per se to be a DJ. Uh, used to have to buy doubles of everything. You know, if you wanted to make some vinyl, had to buy two pieces of vinyl. If you wanted to make some CD, had to have two CDs. Um, you know, when computers start coming along, that changed the game up tremendously for its downloading um, with paying a dollar a song versus paying $19 a CD or $15 a record. Um, I used to be on Hoppers. I mean, my entire college career, I was in Hoppers up on West Union Street or school kids uh, looking for music, you know, digging for CDs, trying to find used CDs, trying to find B-sides of CDs, um, stuff that everybody didn't happen. But what... What has transcended is is helped me become a better DJ with the digital format now because I can spin genres that I never thought I'd ever play. You know, you hear them on the weekend on Saturday. You hear so many different genres in that four-hour show from Latin to reggaeton to hip-hop to top 40 to, you know, Caribbean music back around to some old-school hip-hop with some new stuff and all, all, all mashed together, you know, and that has helped out a lot with the ability to get these different, you know, types of genres of music. And that, like you said, I mean, you, you can go up and you can uh, peruse through the records and, you know, always shout out to Hoffa's there. We wish Hoffa's was still uh, uptown in Athens <laughs> there for, for, for our record uh, needs there. But, you know, like you said, having that access to all that different type of music, it, it's got to be so incredible, especially for, for, for being a DJ. And then you get to be able to bring those songs and bring that music to, to a new audience. And I think people got to appreciate it. And I know yesterday you were saying people were wanting more Caribbean music and I was jamming along, uh, along with it as well. So it's, it's really cool to be able to be exposed to so many different types of music from, from across the world. We're talking to DJ A-Rock here. We're talking about being a DJ, an Athens DJ, and more. Now, you mentioned you uh, not only have uh, DJed probably at every bar here in Athens, you also uh, hit the open seas and uh, you have worked with Carnival Cruise Lines. Tell me about that. How did you get involved uh, with, with that? Uh, celebrating five years with Carnival this year. Um, I started in 2015, January 2015. Um, took took the chance they had open interviews at a DJ expo and I just took the chance to go interview right there at the expo and they called me up a few months later saying I was hired and then I had to figure some things out to keep my business open here in Athens 
and to pursue my dream as a DJ. You know, I, I just love, you know, I don't do the DJing for the money. I do it for the passion. I, I just love doing it. I love to see the smiles on people's faces, people having a good time, no care in the world, nobody looking at color, nothing. Everybody's out there having a good time on the dance floor. So with Carnival, that opened up a whole new uh, adventure on, on its own because that put me in perspective of people from all over the world, not just from, you get a good melting pot here in Athens, but when you are, on a ship with 6,000 people per week, you kind of get a different feel of what's going on around the world. So it, it was nice. How is your approach to creating a set for a bar for, for a night out there versus a set for, for a cruise? And what is it like working and living on a cruise ship for, for the entirety of uh, the, uh, the journey? Well, I usually go out between uh, the longest contract I had was over a hundred days out to sea wow. uh, with, you know, the ship moves, you know, so you go from port to ports, you know, on the sea and everything else. Um, but on the ship versus being here in town, it's such a wide variety in a nightclub. So it's from 18 to 80 may show up in a nightclub. So you don't know what your group is going to be till they get there that week. So you got a different group on board every single week here in town you got a different group every year, every four years. Music trans transform over to a different, you know, style and, you know, different, you know, age. You know, Athens changes, but it changes like every four years. Well, on the cruise ship, it changes every seven days. So we may have some people in there from the east coast of the country and Canada. And then you may have another crew to be people from Florida and, you know, the middle part of the country. And then you may have another week is people off on the west coast and another part of Canada, you know, so, and, and then you may get a group of Europeans on board. So you mix all them people up and you got to make sure everybody's happy. So you got to be able to perform <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. And I mean, it's gotta be, it's, it's, I don't know, intimidating, but just, you know, keeping that worldview open and being able to know like, Hey, I got to kind of be, do you have to stay connected with what's kind of popular in Europe or what's popular in Canada? Or do you just kind of, Trust your gut and you know what you like it and you hope that it works out for for that audience. Well, I mean, as, as as a DJ, you should always be aware of what's changing, what's going around you. You know, some people only want to stick to certain formats of music, and that's fine. I'm I'm an open format DJ, so you know, I I can I try to play anything and everything just to keep it interesting. Some people are like, oh, I'm only gonna play you know disco. I'm only gonna play house. I'm only gonna play hip hop. I'm only gonna play Latin. You get it ain't too many people who can do all of the above, and it ain't too many places you can go to and hear all that in one single night in one location. Mm -hmm. um, even when I'm working uptown in Athens, I used to try to cater to a little bit of everybody. You know, with OU, you get a, a different culture coming through with exchange programs every year. So I always try to appease and make everybody feel like they're at home. You know, when uh, when we had a, a, a huge Asian crowd here in town, I was playing K-pop before K-pop was popular, before Gondam style got popular, and that was K-pop. Because the students are coming to bar like, you got this artist, you got this. I'm like, oh, guess what? Now power of computer, I can just download it, and there you go. I got it. So that put me on a different genre of K-pop. I never thought I'd be playing Korean pop music at a bar in Athens, Ohio, but it went well. So I right. kept on doing it. Well, and especially something like uh, K-pop. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest genres of music out there right now in terms of, of popularity right. and uh, across the globe. And you know, keeping yourself tuned into that and, and knowing a little bit of ahead of a time, you probably were able to see that coming. I mean, when you listen to K-pop, it makes total sense why why it's popular here in the States. It's just that high energy stuff and, and it plays out super well into uh, a, a DJ set. Uh, we're talking to DJ A-Rock here about uh, all sorts of things all in the world of, of being a DJ. How has the Athens DJ scene grown since your time has been here? Obviously, we got DJ Bardicus here. I ta I've talked to DJ B-Funk, and I know those are just a handful of the names. How have you seen growth in the Athens DJ scene or just the Ohio DJ uh, scene in general? Oh, I, I love the Athens DJ scene. I've, it's, it's great because no matter what, I always I get, like, the young DJs always tend to find me, you know, um, I met Brandon my freshman year of college. So me and Brandon both been spending uh, in Athens together about the same amount of time. So 
So we both started, you know, DJing uptown. I remember Brandon approaching me about doing some events. I said, yeah, well, come on up. We can team up and do this night together, you know. And that's how me and Brandon, we both been doing it since 97, 98 here in town. Um, but it's great to, to see all the new young guys coming in and young females. Um, you know, I love the female DJs. You know, they, they bring a whole nother energy to the party uh, because you don't see a lot of them uptown. So when they, when they do it, they do it big. So I've worked with, with plenty of young females here in town with, with their DJing, uh, DJ Top Knot, DJ Casey, um, done some stuff with, with DJ Cookie before, talked to her. So, uh, and a plenty other ones that came before. But it's nice to see that because when I was in college, it wasn't too many mobile female DJs. We had female DJs on the radio, but none of them were spinning at the bars, you know. So mm-hmm. to see this, you know, this right now in Athens, I, I love seeing it. Yeah, that's awesome to see. And it, it's great to see so many people from, from different backgrounds are able to uh, get in and, uh, you know, start spinning their music. And, and, and being a DJ, I think, is such a unique style of music. What what do people not understand about being a DJ? I feel like they're, I don't know if that's still true so much uh, in today's world that people think that you just stand behind a, a laptop and press play. What do people not understand or, or kind of uh, not have the right idea about being a DJ? It's a lot going into it than what people realize because your job is to create the energy and to keep the music flowing, to keep the keep the party going. And for me, my goal is to try to keep at least sixty percent of the crowd happy. If I can keep six percent of the crowd happy, that means my floor is full all night. Um, but you can't make everybody happy, and that's one thing you gotta get over. Is like you cannot please everybody. That person that come up to you say, "Oh, this is the best song in the world. This song's gonna get the club going." It's usually the worst song in the world. It's usually gonna kill the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody feels they song is the best song, so you gotta kind of go through and figure out what song you know is gonna be the song's gonna keep people dancing. Um, my my job is to is to make sure that the floor is never empty. That, that, that's all I got. And whatever I got to do to make that happen, then so be it. If it means not taking a request, then that sometimes have to happen. I love taking requests, but some requests, you know, not all requests are good requests, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there, there, there's, it, there's, there's a method to the request for sure. And, and like you said, you got to keep the dance floor going and especially keeping the flow of the show going. I mean, like, cause you know, you want to hit the highs and sometimes slow it down, but yeah. when you slow it down, you probably have a, a plan in place to bring thing, that energy back up. Once people have gotten that break, caught their wind a little bit and ready to really start to ripping it up on the dance floor. It's the same way I do at weddings. You know, I do weddings all the time. You know, you, you get the energy bumping, boom, boom, boom. And you got to bring it down, let people take a break, let them grab some to drink, take a small rest and bring energy right back up. Um, and then you let them get that, get, get that out of them, let them sweat it out a little bit and bring it back down, let it chill out. And that's for a wedding. For a club, it's, you know, you work your way, you start off slow and work your way up. Not slow music, but just a slow tempo. You play stuff people can sing along to, uh, things people know, and as the night progresses, you know, you start getting the top 40 tracks in there, the club bangers, the radio bangers. Um, they keep the energy going. And once you get towards the end of the night, you start bringing it back down because now it's closing time. You don't want to be playing turned down for what at 2.05 when closing is at 2.10. Right, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. it's one of the things, you, but you got you to know how to work that crowd. And, and if you're doing your job right, people won't come up to you, you know, because that means they're too busy dancing and having a good time. Yeah, I mean, and that's 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 such a great point, and I, that's such a good insight too. And I feel like so many people just want to go up and be like, "Play my favorite song" or something like that. It just doesn't. It's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my, my birthday. birthday. Come Play on. my song. <laughs> but it, it doesn't it, always look, work that I, way. I have no problem with playing requests. Like, I love playing requests. Like a lot of other DJs I know, like look at me like I'm crazy. Like, why do you take so many requests? My job is to keep people in the bar, in the club happy at a wedding, on the ship, having a good time, wherever. My job is to make sure they're having a good time. They're having a good time. Guess what? They're spending money. Right. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're leaving tips. They're talking to their friends. You know, I tell folks, every gig is an interview for your next gig. Every wedding I do is an interview for the next wedding because you never know who's sitting there listening to you 
that they may potentially be getting married and may call you up for their wedding because they had such a great time. So you always put 150% in. You don't go in there like, oh, I'm just having a bad night and do a terrible job. But you go in there and put 150% in. Yeah, I mean, that's such that's, great advice. That's the interview. <laughs> I mean, that's such great advice, especially in something like being an artist or, or being a performer. I mean, you're right. Everything really is an interview. Uh, uh, for, for, for people to, to see, and that's how you grow. But, A-Rock, we're going to get ready to wind things down here. i got a couple more questions for you here. But uh, DJ A-Rock, Class A Sounds, DJ Extraordinaire, what's the best place for people to stay up to date with all things DJ A-Rock? Uh, man, um, uh, my Instagram, DJ A-Rock Ohio. Uh, i got DJ A-Rock.com, A-Rock Entertainment. So that's DJ A-R-O-C, no K. So DJ A-R-O-C.com. DJ A-Rock, DJ A-R-O-C, Ohio, and then A-Rock Entertainment. Um, and on my Twitch account, um, it's twitch.tv forward slash DJ A-R-O-C. So anybody listening, uh, check out my Twitch channel because what I've been doing since the pandemic is actually interviewing crew members from the cruise ship. So I'm interviewing other DJs from around the world, uh, other entertainers, cruise directors, musicians. Um, Tuesday, the 14th, I am having a special segment with eight female cruise ship DJs at 8 o'clock. And they are from all over the country, and they worked on several different cruise ships. So it should be interesting to have that many people on a Zoom call. That's a and great, you can just watch it for free on yeah, Twitch. That's a great way to, uh, you know, not only because uh, we've been seeing a lot of people do the live stream thing. That's a really cool way to to not only continue to do some cool stuff yourself, but really spread the word about uh, awesome musicians across the country. So applause to that. I really like that. As someone who talks to a lot of musicians, I like the idea. It's a great idea. Let's talk. Let's get you on there. You can you can interview all these because, uh, you know, the, the cruise ship musicians, they have to know. 200 songs in order to even apply for the job. Wow. They got to be able to play 200 songs or sing 200 different songs. Holy cow. Then that, that, would, that would be that would be awesome to get involved in. But we're going to wind things down here on Groovy Soup, DJ A-Rock. My last question here, the name of the show is Groovy Soup, so I ask you now, what is your favorite type of soup? Uh, chicken noodle soup. Classic. A classic. I love it. Chicken noodle <laughs> soup. But uh, DJ A-Rock, thank you again so much for your time. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. I feel honored. Now I can hear myself on the radio during the weekday. <laughs> there you go. And, of course, don't forget to catch DJ A-Rock Saturday nights here on Power 105, bringing you guys all sorts of great tunes there uh, as you get your weekends going. But, again, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Paul. Up next, we head to the land of dreams. Stay tuned. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back to Groovy Soup. Our next artist, Dream Tiger, hails from Cincinnati and is a project about self-expression and through her work and performance, an example of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. From her latest release, EP1, here's Dream Tiger with Gold.
That was Dream Tiger with Gold, and Liz Wolf is the creator of Dream Tiger and joined me on the phone to talk about her process, her return to music creation, and the complexities of performance. Here's more from Dream Tiger. Today, we have another great guest on the line here. We have Dream Tiger talking to us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. I have every show start off by having our artists introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about what they do, so the floor is yours. Great. Um, well, my name is Liz Wolf. Um, I make music and I bartend. I do a bunch of random things. I guess you could say a little bit of a renaissance person. Um, and yeah, I, I started Dream Tiger many years back and just recently picked it back up during quarantine since that we have so much time um, to revisit some older material that was never uh, finished. Yeah, and so what was it like being able to, uh, you know, actually, before we get to there, just tell me how you got started creating music and, and getting involved in, involved with music. Where did, the, where did the passion for music come from? Um, well, definitely from both of my parents, um, from my, pretty much since I was born. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, my dad is a musician. My mom plays piano. Music has always been a big part of my house growing up with my mom. Um, but I was a very shy child, so I was put into dance lessons and theater and was sort of in that realm of performance, which I, I didn't really enjoy. And I secretly wanted to sing and play music, um, and I didn't actually start doing that until my late 20s. Uh, learned how to play a little bit of guitar, started writing some songs, and then fast forward a few more years, uh, and I started playing music with my um, now husband, Josiah Wolf, um, singing and playing bass for his band. Uh, and then he kind of helped me gain more confidence and a little bit more musical ability to actually flush out the uh, or flesh out the songs that I had been writing just on guitar. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started. Nice, nice. I like I like how uh, I like hearing about connections through through family and and hearing how music can can bring families together and, and things like that. So, what was it? What did your parents play? What what were they? Where was their background in music? And did you follow suit into the music that they like to play, or did they just introduce you to music and then you started forging your own path and finding the music that uh, more suited what you wanted to do? Definitely more the latter. Um, <laughs> So my parents are divorced since I was about a year and a half old. Um, but my dad always played in bands when he was younger. Um, he plays guitar. He sings. Uh, <clears throat> so I think, you know, I got some of that from him. Um, but I grew up with my mom. And as I said, she played piano. Uh, she always sang to me um, pretty much every night when I was really little and you know, she's a very good singer, and that really, I think, influenced a lot of just sort of how I, probably how I sing a little bit, um, though I don't think we sound terribly similar. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, I just always had music around. It was a really, really big part of growing up. Um, my mom was a bit younger than most of the other parents, uh, she's only 20 years older than me, so she had pretty eclectic and, like, a lot of times very relevant musical taste, um, as well as, like, growing up in the, you know, 60s and 70s and having access to all of the amazing music that was coming out at that time. So that informed a lot of my early musical taste, um, some of which I still am very um enamored with today nice nice we're talking to liz wolf here of dream tiger you can find all of dream tiger on Bandcamp. and uh so when you got to that stage when you said about uh into your 20s when you kind of really started picking up music what what was the moment that, that finally made you decide like this is what i want to start putting some more time and effort into what what about that was it something that had happened in your life or just at the point you were at that it was how you wanted to express how you were feeling or just this was the intro, you know, you got the itch and you just started going after it. It was a bit of both, I would say. Um, as far as finally finding uh, my voice musically, um, 
<clears throat> the guitar was sort of just a means to an end. I've I've never been good at it. I I didn't really enjoy playing it, but it's the easiest and most accessible and portable instrument, especially for a person who's just starting to write songs. Um, so it gives you some agency, even though it, for me, was very limiting um, in the end. So I, the opportunity to spend a lot of time by myself to start the first Dream Tiger record was about 10 years ago um, when we lived in the country at our old house and Josiah was on tour for a long period of time, like three or uh, with Y. This is the first time I had a house full of instruments that much time alone. I lived in the country, so there was no one around me, um, no restaurants, no bars, nothing to distract me from just being creative. And I taught myself how to use logic, and that really sort of opened the doorway uh, to where I was able to record instruments, use MIDI instruments, which would then be substituted with real instruments uh, later, especially with Josiah playing, because he's so much more accomplished than I am. Um, so that's how, really how it started, uh, forming its, its style. So what's it been like, obviously, now in, in pandemic, what's it, what's it been like for you to be able to turn back and, and get back to this project? What does it mean for you? And what does it mean to be able to share that experience uh, uh, with Josiah, whether it be, uh, you know, pre-pandemic? What's it like to just share, uh, you know, a space and sh share your life with someone who loves music a, a, a whole lot? Well, it's definitely been a, um, a journey. You know, it's, it's progress over years of, figuring out how to work with each other, which in the past sometimes has been difficult to know where the one person fits into another person's um, project. You know, how do you take it on and add your own sort of spin on it or instrumentation or direction? Um, and so this time I just was very determined. The moment this started, we both uh, stopped working um, and I just was like, let's just do this. It was really inspired by the first Bandcamp day. And we literally made the EP in 10 days. Um, start, like, not start to finish, because two of the songs had already been written about five years ago. Um, but it's, it's been, like, the most collaborative project that I've done. Um, and it's been really wonderful to revisit the project, to, you know have a direction and a purpose and I really like the music. Um, I feel like it's the best, the best music that dream tiger has made and it makes me excited for the next EP, which will be a continuation um, of this one in some regards. So it's been really good, but it's taken a long time to, figure out how to collaborate with each other. Yeah, and you know, I feel like that's, it's it's like we've been talking about, it's great to be able to collaborate and have and share music with people, but it's also your vision and it's also your music and you wanna you, you wanna make it your stuff. And, and you know, especially with all the great work that you've done with uh, uh, Josiah and and why, I mean, it, it's great. It's gotta be nice to have this be kind of your project in a sense. This is what the direction you wanna take it. Dream Tiger is kind of more a little bit your thing. It is, absolutely. And I, I know what I want, even if I myself am not the right person to play the instrument or, um, you know, or to, you know, Josiah is much better at doing that. He obviously is an accomplished drummer. Um, and he also is really good at using Pro Tools <laughs> and recording right. live instruments. Those are not my strong suits. Um, but I am incredibly specific about how I want something to sound, what the production should be. Um, yeah, and, and I feel like it's taken, for me, a long time to really kind of harness that. But I, I think Josiah may have said something similar in his interview with you, but I, I am incredibly grateful to his brother, Yoni, who I have had the privilege of sitting with on a number of occasions. He's mixed some of my music in the past, just sitting with him while he works um, and playing with him, going on tour, just gaining the confidence to 
say, yes, I do know what this should be, mm-hmm. and here's how we can accomplish it. That's and and you know, uh, Josiah was telling me that that you've uh, you know toured and and like you've mentioned, you've played with Y and, and gone on tour with them. What have you? What did you take away from that experience? Why being you know having some pretty good success and pretty big success and and, and gaining popularity? What did you take away from your experience? Uh, you know, being a touring and being a part of Y. Um. Well, it's an incredibly emotional experience every time that I have done it. Um. It's very fulfilling, and I also am, like, incredibly uh, shy. I don't, I don't love performing. Mm-hmm. It gives me a new level of anxiety that doesn't actually seem to get any better. I love singing to people because that is just such an expression of who I am. But the live performance, people looking at you, those things are not really for me personally, but all of that being said, it was, it it was really beautiful. I mean, I love those guys so much and spending time with them was simultaneously the best experience I've had and also very stressful. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of a crazy person when it comes to like living situations and all of those dynamics. So I'm not the best tour mate, but, um, it was it was a really really cool experience, and I'm I'm really grateful to have been able to do it. Um, yeah, yeah that answers the question. More from Dream Tiger next here on Groovy Soup. Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back into Groovy Soup. One more song tonight, and it's another one from Dream Tiger's EP One. This one's called Magnificent Path. That was Magnificent Path by Dream Tiger, and we got plenty left in our interview with Liz, so back to the conversation we go. No, totally, totally, um, and, and it's such a good point. I mean, 
music is so personal and it's such a personal expression a lot of the times and we're talking to liz uh liz wolf here of dream tiger um so how did you what made you decide like anxieties aside the stuff that i'm you know i'm going up there i'm going to perform whether it be with y or just on your own how do you what how did you muster up the confidence to, to get up there and, and and start performing and and how do you do that every you know to gear yourself up and get yourself ready to go to perform uh now, I, you know, in quotes, and uh, once we get back to live right. performances. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty difficult. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, you, you have to do it as a musician. Um, and uh, touring with just Josiah and I was, was really ultimately my favorite touring experience. You know, obviously we're a couple, and this is a whole new experience for me at that time. Um, it, so I, I don't know. I just, it, it really takes a lot of energy for me and having severe anxiety issues. Um, they're specifically exacerbated by public speaking or, you know, in that kind of arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it really took a lot out of me. And, and I was disappointed in myself that it didn't seem to get any easier. So... I don't know. I just, I have to do it. And I feel like I'm going to pass out and throw up before every single show I've ever played. It's really intense. So I, I've kind of decided that it's, if I can avoid it, <laughs> I would like to avoid it under most circumstances, not all. And I think that's okay too. Like at the same, it, it, I think music as much as it, it's, it's uh, something that you can share and, and and, and share with others and, and do around others or, or do it in a group setting. I still mm-hmm. think music's big thing is, is important to the self and, and for the person there. Now you said you feel like you feel like throwing up and passing out before. you get out. <laughs> What's it feel like when you, when the, when the set ends, what's it feel like uh, after the show is over and, and you've, and you've played your set, how, what goes through your mind? How does it feel after, uh, after you uh, wrap things up? Um, I would say most of the time it's felt good. Definitely that sort of pressure release. Um, happens, and I've been very lucky. I have some some really lovely fans, um, both Josiah and I do, and you know, and and our friends will be there. And although that makes me even more nervous while it's happening, um, I, I don't know. I just feel I feel a sense of relief mm-hmm. that it's over. But you know, it, it, it takes so much energy for me to focus on performing and playing my instruments correctly. It's it's like I kind of black out while it's happening most of the time. So I'm always glad when it's over <laughs> and that it wasn't hopefully a complete disaster. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure it's awesome. And I mean, again, it, it speaks volumes to to challenge yourself to to do those things to go outside of your comfort zone and, and challenge yourself to to share your music. And I applaud you for that because I think it's. You know, even it's something and people might be like, just get up there and do it. It's not always so simple to just get up there and do those things. And it's great that you're able to yeah. even though, go out of that comfort zone and, and uh, tell, tell your stories and, and share what you want to share. And speaking of your stories, let's talk a little bit about EP1 here as, we're, as we as uh, we get ready to wind things down. But I definitely don't want to uh, uh, neglect the new music just released in May. Tell me about EP1 and just uh, what the, what you were hoping to accomplish and say through through that uh, that three song album EP how, whatever the labels usually are called. Um, yeah, so so as I was saying earlier, two of the songs had already been um, written about five years ago. Um, I have a group of songs that were intended to be, they're all written in quick succession about five to six years ago, intended to be a second full-length album. Um, and so I've played them live over the years, Um and they've sort of morphed through those processes, I guess, of playing and redemoing. So when the opportunity arose, at the, right at the beginning of quarantine, or I guess a month in, we we just were ready to start. And I said, look, these two songs are already really, really there. So the two songs I'm referring to are Gold and Crystallized. Um, and we needed a third song, and it didn't seem like any of the other songs that were already written would necessarily be the right fit, but maybe we should save those for continuing, you know, continuing to release EPs throughout the rest of the year. Um, 
and Josiah had written this beat a long time ago. Or sorry, I had written the beat for um, this song. And it was just sitting there instrumental. Um, and it was really cool to, how it came together. Uh, it really surprised me, actually. So that's the new song, The Magnificent Path, which is the middle song. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I really love these songs. And um, I'm very proud of the work that we did with them. We were able to learn some new synthesizers to play on these songs and for the next songs that are going to be coming out. Um, hopefully, maybe in a month or two. Ooh, very um, yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, it's always great to. I love the idea of 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 songs having such a long life too, and and the fact that you had these songs written for a bit, there was a beat, and then finally you got to this opportunity and were able to go back and put them together. I always I find that admirable as well with with musicians how to like. They have that thing, and it, it might, you know, get put on the shelf, but it can always come back off and, and be revisited. So you definitely don't want to yeah. miss uh, the uh, all the full Dream Tiger lineup there on Bandcamp that you can check out there. But EP1, uh, the latest release there. But a few more questions before uh, before I let you go, Liz. Um, are you originally from Ohio as well? I know that uh, you're in Ohio now uh, with, with Josiah, and you mentioned living out on the farm. I talked to, to Josiah about living on the farm there before. Do you, are you originally uh, from Ohio as well? I am not. I was raised in the Bay Area, so uh, East Bay, California, um, Berkeley, and Oakland, which is where I lived till right before I turned thirty, and then I just I, I left. We both left at the same time. What was it like leaving the Bay Area for for the farms of Ohio? Well, I went to New York first, and then Connecticut um, for almost a year, about a year and a half, I would say, after I left California, about a year, really, all told. Uh, New York. I moved to New York in 2008 in May, and that was, if you recall, um, part of the recession. (laughs) So there were no jobs. Right. Moving to one of the most expensive cities in the world where there are no jobs was, uh, you know, went through my savings pretty quickly. And um, my whole family is from Connecticut on both sides. So I decided to reconnect with my dad and um, his siblings, who I had not seen since I was pretty young. Um, and then we decided to get serious. We moved to Ohio in 2009, and that's how, how long I've been here now. Yeah, you got it. it's um, a little bit of a mix-up there, I would say, from uh, New York here here to Ohio. But uh, I love that Cincinnati yeah. <laughs> area. I love uh, my, my, that's where my dad's from. That's where before I moved here, most of my time was... Uh, was spent there in Ohio, but, uh, I'm sure it's been, uh, I'm sure quite the change, but, uh, you've, you've made it this far. You've, you've, uh, you've stayed around for, for over 10 years now, but Liz, two yeah. more questions, uh, but before I let you go here, what's the best, sure. what's the best place for people to stay up to date with all things dream tiger? Um, well, <clears throat> probably my Instagram, um, I, as well as my band camp. So it's dream tiger, dream Everything for my stuff is Dream Tiger Dream. Uh, so that's my Instagram as well. Although lately you'll mostly find um, photos of my house as well as anything having to do with the movement in defense of black lives because that is the most pressing thing right now mm-hmm. and is always. Um, but yeah, whenever more music is ready, that's where I'll post it is on my Instagram. And uh, I, uh, your support of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement there from uh, your Bandcamp stuff, I applaud you for that. And I uh, thank you for you having your art uh, help out those that uh, that need help and for uh, for fighting the good fight as well. So uh, it's it's great to always uh, help out and support those that are supporting uh, the good causes and uh, the causes for yeah. civil rights and uh, justice uh, for for people that uh, are seeking it. And uh, I applaud you. I applaud you for that. But. Uh, on a completely uh, less serious note there, my last yeah. question here, uh, that I the name of the show is Groovy Soup. So I ask you now, what is your favorite type of soup? Ooh, I knew this question was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite soup uh, is matzo ball soup. Ooh. And I make it. And it's called matzo. It's matzo ball soup for sinners. So um, 
I am a Gentile, <laughs> and I make it with pork fat, Whoa. which is totally against the law. <laughs> but it's the best matzo you'll ever have. <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds delicious. I'm not. I mean, but that's uh, that's walking <laughs> the fine line there with the matzo ball soup. But I, I, I like it. There. But Liz, thank you. Uh, thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate uh, the phone call here. You're welcome. Dream Tiger. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Happy to have you. Thank you. Uh, thank you again. But Dream Tiger on Bandcamp. You don't want to miss the EP one, and you can stay up to date with all things Dream Tiger there. And Bandcamp's always the best place to go. But Liz, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of Groovy Soup. Big time thanks to DJ A-Rock and Dream Tiger for joining the show tonight. Be sure to follow along with the bands on their social media pages, and if you or your band is interested in the show, email me at pholden at wxdq.com. That's P-H-O-L-D-E-N at wxdq.com. Check out every episode of Groovy Soup online at our digital archive on our website. And until next week, I'm Paul Holden, signing off. 